Yum nub. Eat out the yum nub. Hello and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Jamie, and I won't fail you. I'm not afraid. And my name is Matt, and understanding you does not mean that I agree with you. Mm. Yes, that I heard that recently. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Um, today we're going to go over Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 10, um, Retrieval. Um, it's sort of a follow-up to last week's episode, but before we do that, I'm introducing a new segment to the show called The Tiki Room. In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing word and the flowers croon, in the tiki 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 room. Because now we both have tiki glasses, Star Wars tiki glasses. Um, And I texted you earlier today that I was going to make myself a tiki drink. I followed through on that threat and made my wife and I, it made me and my wife, proper grammar, um, a tiki drink. So I thought I'd tell you what glass I'm drinking out of and what I'm drinking and you can do the same. Did you make yourself a drink? Yes, I did. All right. Do you want to go first, or should I go first? Sure. Yeah, it's nothing fancy. It's just uh, I'm just drinking um, pineapple Malibu rum and um, like the Simply uh, lemonade. Um, it's uh, it's actually uh, strawberry lemonade, um, and just I'm drinking that out of Mando. Nice. Yeah. So I sort of went on a late night errand to go find some ingredients. Because I am drinking a (laughs) painkiller. And a painkiller is a dark rum beverage with pineapple juice, orange juice, and cream of coconut. Which is an ingredient I've never used in a drink because I don't make a lot of fruity mixed drinks. Um, It tastes like one of those, you know the white lifesavers? Yeah. Like the pineapple flavored lifesavers. Savers. It's like it's basically pineapple mm-hmm. and coconut, and that's what it tastes like. And I, and I'm drinking out of Chewy, and I do have a straw. I've got one of my wife's metal straws because she's the type of person that hears that straws are bad for the environment and runs out and buys metal straws. So we've got a whole bunch of metal straws. I'm drinking it out of Chewy, and I've got a backup which is what I call my second drink, in my Boba Fett. I'll text you a photo. Um, I don't do a whole lot of tiki drinks, but uh, I'm I'm really liking this painkiller. <laughs> yeah, after the day you just described uh, to me earlier, I can imagine why you're drinking something like that. Yeah, I have a tough time with coconut drinks because they... A lot of times they end up tasting, to me, like suntan lotion. Same. Yeah, it's that... I can't remember the name of it. Is it linoleic, linoleic acid or something like that? That's in the coconut that just everything ends up tasting like it. Um, yeah, and it's obviously used in suntan lotion. But this mm. is actually really good. Um, the cream of coconut comes in like a those upside down ketchup bottles that you like squirt 
Mm -hmm. I found a bottle of that, and it turns out that that's one of the preferred brands of it. I can text you the stuff, but um, I recommend it. This is, like, you might be sensitive to that flavor, but this is actually pretty mellow. Um, it's well, mostly, mostly yeah, pineapple. I, I would have gotten a little bit more adventurous, but I had to spend... Um good amount of time just sitting there uh, at the table making sure my daughter ate um i she didn't even, i gave her more mashed potatoes than she had than i than i meant to but she would barely eat the, the but i usually will just like i'll give her more than i expect her to eat but then say like okay you have to eat this amount and uh and it took her forever to eat all that so i, I, I didn't get anything adventurous outside of just the, the rum and the strawberry lemonade Fucking well, kids well Parenting happens, um, but this is yeah. going to be a reoccurring segment, I think. So, yeah, yeah. Every time I drink out of these tiki's, I think uh, I start uh, singing the song uh, "Boat Drinks" by Jimmy Buffett. Would that be a better theme song it? for our introduction? But you know, well, Jimmy Buffett is just—it's all you know. It's the Everything's kind of got an island feel to it. And so yep. it's just a song about boat drinks, which are basically rum drinks. Yeah, a friend of ours threw a yacht rock party before the pandemic, and everyone dressed up in sleazy 80s, like white and aqua blue, like boatwear, and they played mm -hmm. a bunch of yacht rock. I don't know if they played Jimmy Buffett, it's not exactly the same aesthetic, but. I'm a, I'm familiar with the pirate. <laughs> Did you wear like a white jacket and then just like roll up the sleeves? This may shock you, but I I only participated in the alcohol portion of the party, <laughs> and, and, and not the uh, costume portion. Uh, yeah, I'm real shocked. All right. So other than. So I, I think that concludes our first Tiki Room session. Um, <laughs> did you do any fun Star Wars this week? Uh, no, other than other than just um, talking about it with you, which is just like pretty much every day. Um, no, I haven't really, uh, I haven't really done a whole lot. Um, yeah, kind of, I'm kind of, I guess, a little boring. Um, yeah. Star Wars lately. I, Go ahead. I was going to uh, get the um, battle. So Battle Scars, the book, um, yeah. on Audible, but it it was like so poorly rated that I'm and I just read some of the things and I'm just like, oh, oh man, it's like maybe I'll just get the ebook copy of it or something, because it just it was very like everybody says the the narrator is terrible. So I haven't started it, but I have it. I was going to start it this week. I'll let you know. Alrighty. Um, obviously, Mando and Bad Batch are still coming out. Um, as far as I'm, as far as my Star Wars week, I've also had a very light week. I've just been playing a lot of catch up at work. Um, I did watch this episode twice today and do the notes and posted an episode. And I'm still editing the next episode, um, so I'm trying to keep up there and not buy a lot more Star Wars shit. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to slow down a little bit. I did get the Galaxy's Edge Mythosaur Skull for the basement. 
Nice. Hang that on the wall. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I've had a pretty slow week. Um, I don't have much else to talk about this week. Do you just want to get into it? Yeah, we could we could definitely get into it. Um, it's a little bit later, and uh, we won't get into um, too much of the other, other stuff, the, like the big stuff that happened. But that was all mainly that was all in Mando, not uh, anywhere else. And there's been no big news other than just like people leaving projects, people rumored to be on projects. I mean, Star Wars Celebration is coming out, or is coming up, and there's probably going to be some big reveals at Celebration. Um, so I'm sort of not paying too close of attention to leaks right now, because I assume in like yeah. a month we're going to get some real news with some credibility mm. behind it. Yeah, just random, random websites that just are kind of like, seem anymore like it seems i wonder if chat gpt is going to put a lot of these hack sites out of business or or or, or at least like a lot of the, their hack writers out of business because it could just they could just have it write bullshit articles about stuff that everybody else knows for free yeah i mean um, we'll see how ai ruins journalism um <laughs> it's coming yeah yeah, I, 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 the one thing I have to ask uh, Disney is just that uh, don't announce something unless you're, it's serious about it. Like, think major decisions have been made, not just like this director is set attached to some unnamed Star Wars project. I was like, that doesn't mean anything. At this you know? point, I don't believe anything until there's a lot of press. But even yeah. that, it's like. Lord and Miller were fired in the middle of Solo. So, I don't know. Clean your house. Yeah, but at least by then something's happening Yeah, in the middle of it. I mean, they they, they changed uh, directions in the, um, through Rogue One, and that turned out great. I mean, not saying Solo didn't turn out pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. But don't, like, tease us with, like, oh, we're going to do this cool thing. And it's like, and then, like, oh, wait, no, we're not. You know, we're going to fire these people or... This person is just going to decide that she doesn't want to do it anymore. I think at one point there were five or six officially announced Star Wars movies in pre-production, and now I think there's maybe one, and that one is we have no information about it. Um, there was like a like a Rain trilogy. There was Rogue Squadrons. There was like a Taco Watiti movie. That's already five, and I think there were others. Now I don't think there's really any word on any of them, other than they're probably not happening um, anytime soon, which, I mean, maybe Star Wars needs a break, but I do hope it gets back to the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something that could just be like a standalone. Well, it has to be, but not something that needs a lot of heavy lifting from other things. That would be appreciated. Didn't Feige have a movie, supposedly, too? There's six. I don't know. It's Yeah, I don't know. The, I, I just remember the... Uh, I don't know their names, but the guys who did... The guys who were... Um, oh, yeah. The, um, the guys from Game, Game, of, Game Thrones. of Thrones. And after the backlash of how like shitty um, Game of Thrones turned out at the end, like... They, I don't know if they were shit-canned, or they just... Just to save face, they just backed out. But it was like, it's like, man, 
but anyways we're yeah getting off to us getting off topic which is normal i suppose but uh, i hope so, i hope star wars returns to the big screen at some point yes but we don't know when that is now we're on the little mm-hmm. screen which is also good star wars tv is killing it yeah or the little screens at the adult uh, bookstores i could do that too sure so i've heard <laughs> gross yeah <laughs> yeah it's like it's like it'd be well, maybe it'd be more like an alien movie it's like oh there's goo everywhere nice yeah <laughs> we really have to reach secretions but secreted from what we have to reach for that explicit tag every week don't we <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right. Anything before I get into the cast? Uh, no. So, um, so just um, say that we're going to be doing uh, season two, episode ten, retrieval, or sorry, which is called retrieval. So, before we get started, I'm doing the plot summary today. It's my turn. I just wanted to highlight some of the guest stars we have. Um, first, um, Alex Lee. Uh, he plays the um, character Drake. Um, he's a voice actor who started in video games, voicing um, Luke in Street Fighter V. Um, he's played parts in the English language versions of Dragon Ball Super and Ray and the Last Raya and the Last Dragon, um, and this is his only Star Wars credit so far, but he's a pretty young actor, so hopefully he'll come back. Um, he has a ton of credits in anime, doing English language versions of anime. Um, any comments on Alex? No, no, um, no, yeah, I, I look forward to hopefully uh, here, um, having him back as something else in Star Wars. Uh, the second actor today is uh, Jonathan Lipow. He's a regular on Star Wars, and he plays the character um, Moko. How do you say? How did he say him? Mako. Mako. Oh, I don't remember. It's Mako. Mako. Um, he plays Mako in this episode. He's been in previous uh, Star Wars. He was in Star Wars Visions. He played a droid. Um, uh, Young Jedi Adventures and in season one of Bad Batch as the Ord Moon Dragon. This guy is... He, he plays a lot of animals. I'll put it that way. <laughs> okay. Um, he's in every single episode of Star Wars Resistance, but almost none of them are reoccurring characters. And so he's like shopkeeper or stormtrooper or imperial officer sort of thing. Um, so he, he's been, he's basically in all of those. Um, he's also been in The Simpsons um, recently, in ep- no episodes I've seen, because I haven't seen yeah. a new episode of Simpsons in a decade. Um, he's been in Star Trek Prodigy, and he got his start on Aqua Ting, Hunger Force, and Celebrity Deathmatch back in the uh, early 2000s. Um, he's got quite the career as well. Any comments on Jonathan? Uh, no. Did you uh, ever watch Celebrity Deathmatch? No. That okay. was... That was uh, not, not something I was interested in. And, uh, and I've never seen Aqua Teen Hunger Force either. 
yeah, it, you, you sort of have to, it might be slightly too new for you. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's been it's, out for a while. Or, so. Yeah, it's just, I think, I think when it came out, it was probably the wrong time in your life to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, the last actor is Yuri Lowenthal, and he plays Benny, sort of the main character who's not in the Bad Batch. He's the artful dodger, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's done a bunch of work as well in Star Wars. He was in Last Jedi as various voices. He was in a solo Star Wars story. We talked about that a second ago. He played um, characters in Rebels, but once again, background characters. He was a voice in Fallen Order and um, The Old Republic. But his main role is he played He-Man in the (laughs) 2021-22 cartoon series, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I've never seen this episode, or this series. I watched the original in the 80s. He He was also in Ben 10 in a bunch of episodes, and every video game or anime that you can name. He... I went to his IMDb page before we started recording to finish up the notes. He has 780 credits as an actor. Wow. It's insane. Um, An early credit of his is he did a voice in a Castlevania video game that came out in 1999, and he's worked consistently since then. Um, The most consistent work he gets from anime, English versions of anime, he appeared on 90 episodes of Naruto, and two episodes of Gilmore Girls, and so he he does appear in live action sometimes, um, but if you're curious about this guy, you probably have heard his voice, because he's been in every video game, and I mean like Call of Duty, Final Fantasy, like Every major franchise he's had some part in. It's incredible. Yeah. Wow. I'm. Yeah. It's a ton. And a lot of times, just just like a background person, not like a major character. Yeah. Some. I was scanning. I was going to the ones where it said like twenty episodes, and sometimes he would like in in Naruto, he plays the mobster's um, henchman. So he was in basically all of those episodes, but still as sort of a supporting cast. But still, 800 credits? It's just incredible. It's a ton of work. Especially when some of those credits represent like 20 or 30 recordings. Mm-hmm. Anyway, those are everybody else in the cast we've either talked about or is... Um, the or someone that is in every episode. So, um, any comment on the cast or anything? Nope, nope. All right, let's move on to the plot. So, as I stated earlier, this is a a follow up to um, last week's plot. So we pick up immediately where we left off. The Bad Batch is in that derelict mining town. So the show opens up on the Bad Batch fixing a speeder. Wrecker complains he's hungry. This is going to be a theme for this episode. <laughs> Hunter says he should have saved his rations. He's frustrated and says the speeder's a hunk of junk and won't help them. Tex says the energy cells were powered enough to get them halfway around the planet. He says it in a weird way. I, I tried to interpret what he meant, but he said across this 
halfway across this hemisphere, so I don't, maybe he meant a quarter of the way around the planet, but I don't know where they are in, on latitude, so it's hard to know what he meant. Omega says, sort of an Eureka moment, that they forgot about Gonky, the power droid on board. She says they can trace the droid and find the ship. Tex says that's brilliant, and Omega gets to work. I really like this moment. It sort of builds on Omega and Tech's relationship in the previous episode. Yeah, he's been teaching her stuff and showing that she, you know, she, she's actually. Um, there's been a couple times where the, the the knowledge has paid off. Yeah. So on the ship, Gonky is ambling around, and a kid is flying. He picks up a comm and calls a guy called Mako, Mako, and identifies himself as Benny. He asks for the shields to be lowered, saying he found something Mako is going to want to see. Benny lands the ship on a platform that is drawn into a large mining facility. Benny sees a piece of food on the ground and snatches it up. He starts wolfing it down. Just then, a man with some cybernetics enters the hangar with some droids. This is Mako. Mako looks at the ship. He's impressed. Benny is proud. Mako says this isn't a mining ship. It's customized. This could cause them problems. He asks Benny if he's trying to set up Mako. Benny says he's just he just thought Mako could sell it. Mako says he'll have to disassemble it and sell it part by part. Benny is excited that this might make him the top earner this time. Mako confirms that that's a possibility. Mako says he can keep the droid Gonki as a show of good faith. Benny asks if he can have water rations instead. Um, Mako pulls out a water bottle and drinks a bunch of it in front of Benny, then hands him the leftovers. He orders these underlings of him, of his, to strip the ship. Mako hobbles off on a cybernetic leg, and King Gonki is worried. What do you think about Mako's introduction here? Um, I, I've been trying to figure out I, his character, like what, like what species is he? So, in Wikipedia, he is not listed, at least when I looked last time, he is not listed as having a species. So He almost looks Zygarian. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking too, because it says that Mako was a male slaver, which I wouldn't say like... Yeah, Zygerian is, he sort of has features of Zygerians, too. He is thoroughly messed up, though. Yeah, yeah, they, they have, like, much bigger ears, but he is, but he's, he's got kind of, like, um, ears kind of like that that kind of stick out, but he's got, like, this head, like, he's got, like, head plates or something. Yeah, he's, as far as we know right now, he's an unknown species, but he, but he sort of looks like Garion. But the head, mm. the head plates don't fit. We've we've seen species with um, um, different morphologies before, like the Gungans have different kinds of Gungans. Um, so it's plausible, but we don't know. I wish they just would have made him Zygarian. Yeah, it would be consistent. Um, so he he appears to have a cybernetic hand that's like. A grappling hook, almost. And he has at least a cybernetic leg. Um, we don't know what is going on inside. 
but they also immediately establish that he's abusing these kids um, by withholding water and food. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll talk. We'll talk about him shortly. Um, back with Omega, she says she found Gonki and that he's only a hundred kilometers away. She thinks if Gonki's still on the planet, the ship might be too. The Bad Batch have gotten the speeder working. They load up and follow the ping toward Gonki. Um, fade to night, they arrive at some sort of camp. They decide to split up to go find Gonki. We cut to Benny. He's talking with Gonki and says he'll have to sell Gonki for parts. What's he going to do with a defective power droid? Hunter and Tech show up and ask them what Benny did with their ship. Yeah. He tried. Go ahead. Benny, what'd you do with the jets? <laughs> nice. Um, he tries to escape, and Wrecker and Omega stop him. Wrecker asks if Gonki is okay. Is if Gonki is okay? Benny says he's just a broken droid. Who cares? Omega says Gonki's one of them. Um, if that were true, they would have noticed he was gone immediately. But whatever. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, my iPad charger. <laughs> <laughs> They ask Benny where the ship is. After some hemming and hawing, he tells them about um, Mako. He agrees to show them where the ship is, but only if they won't tell on him. I think Benny is pretty easily convinced to um, help them in this moment, but maybe he's just playing the opportunity card. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I was trying to decide whether I really liked this character um, through most of the episode, and I have to say I don't think I really do. He doesn't make it easy. Yeah. Um, Benny takes him to the mine and sort of gives him a history lesson. He says the Techno Union ran these mines, but when the war ended, Mako took over. Omega lectures Benny about stealing, to no effect. Um, Tech looks at a map. They try to make a plan to infiltrate. They decide the best way to do it is to go down the exhaust stack. Let's make this big smoke tower. If they rappel down between exhaust cycles, they should make it. There's 60 seconds between each exhaust cycle, and this will get them inside the base. They also say it's unguarded. On top of the stack, Wrecker is still afraid of heights. They anchor and wait for the exhaust. Um, After a cycle of exhaust, Hunter jumps into the um, stack and he makes it most of the way down, and then he has to stop um, because there's a droid that comes out for a smoke break. <laughs> I don't know what the droid's doing. So he's sort of clutched to the wall like Spider-Man behind this droid, who's just sort of standing there. Um, Benny bumps into Omega, and she drops a flashlight or something. Um, Hunter catches it rather than draw attention to himself. The timer on the 60-second cycle is running out, and the droid is still there. And so, to hell with it, he sort of jumps down and tackles the droid and pushes it into the exhaust path. Um, It's presumably destroyed, and Hunter makes it inside. Any comment on this? No, it was a a nice uh, kind of uh, Mission Impossible sort of uh, moment. You know, then you get like the the drop. Um, um, so it, yeah, it was it it was kind of cool, uh, I suppose. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good action sequence, I guess. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time 
tracking the, the timer, but it was fine. Um, so the entire batch, the entire batch follow with Benny as their guide inside the compound. They see huge structures, housings for hundreds of people, and people are working to death. Tech says this mine looks desolate. Benny says that the Ipsium became unstable, and Mako had to cut everyone's pay, but they're lucky that they still have jobs at all. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Benny says he knows a shortcut to the ship. Hunter says no tricks. Benny says he doesn't want to get caught either. Then they immediately arrive at the ship. This is sort of the... This character is sort of full of these bait-and-switch moments where you think he's going to betray them, and then he doesn't, and then you think he's not going to betray them, and he does. Mm -hmm. They really mess with expectations with this character in an interesting way. Um, So they arrive at the ship. Benny says he's upheld his half of the deal. Time to go. Tex says the hyperdrive has been removed because Mako told his... Um, underlings to dismantle the ship and Omega says they still need to disable the ray shield the team starts putting the hyperdrive back together Um, Benny says in order to disable the shield they have to do it from the central tower Hunter wants to go with Benny um, while the others fix the ship but Benny says they if he needs an escort only Omega has a chance of blending in and so she has to go off alone with the stranger. Um, he does tell her he needs, she needs to change her look to go with him. So now we cut to Mako's office. He is gorging himself on food and drink. This is yeah. pretty gross. Yeah, it's. Um, I know that I know what they're going for, but it, it really is kind of like ridiculous. Like that, he's just like. Like he's got like multiple things going at once, and he's got like some like chili and like some other stuff, and he's going like eating one thing, then another, then another. It's like he's like got two big turkey legs in either hand, taking bites <laughs> out of each. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it's super cartoony, and it's just telegraphing in the most ham-fisted way. Like this dude's bad. He bad guy. He's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, a droid comes in, and Mako says, they can wait until he's good and ready. Omega and Benny are sneaking through the base. Benny says they have to swipe a security card from one of the inner circle so they can get into the tower. So they go into a mess hall where some other kids are playing like a game that looks like dominoes or something. Sort of fun-looking game. Just then, Mako... Mako enters the room. The kids are all starving. Mm-hmm. Benny steals the card from Drake and shows Omega. Um, so they have the card now. She wants to go, but Benny wants to stay and hear the tally. Yeah. Um, do you have anything here? Yeah. So like, it seems like all the kids have tattoos. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it looks big, like they're marked. Big like like neck face face tattoos. Yeah, Benny has a tattoo on his neck, and Drake has like a Mike Tyson. Yeah, it's um, yeah, and all of them have like weird stuff. It makes me think of um, the war um, kind of I'll say like the War Boys from um, Fury Road that they're all just kind of like 
but they were like branded and stuff, which is very, um, there's a very, very tribal and, um, and marked with the tattoos. I got the sense that, that these marks were part of Mako's thing, not part of the kids' thing. But but maybe it was part of like the group. It was just something they did, like the clones. But the yeah. tattoos were a very obvious unifying theme with the kids. It's tough, it's tough to know because none of the tattoos made them look like Mako. Mm-hmm. Which would have been an interesting detail. So Mako says it's been a lean season. And everyone had to give up things, including him. Mako announces that Drake is the top earner again. Drake gets some extra food. Mako says the rest will have to work longer and harder if they are to survive. The rest split a single bowl of food. This is... if I don't want every one of our episodes to reference musical theater. um, But when it's appropriate... I think it stands um, mentioning. And so this scene was straight out of Oliver. This life, one thing counts in the bank. Large amounts. I'm afraid these don't grow on trees. You've got to pick a pocket or two. You've got to pick a pocket or two, boys. You've got to pick a pocket or two. So he's like a less likable Fagin. And these are his artful dodgers. Yeah, it's it's very much a um, it's very much a uh, work sets you free sort of thing, or it's just like you like oh you you just have to work harder to earn what you're naturally supposed to just have, but you never actually get it. Yeah, it's it's um, work makes you free. Let them eat cake sort of moments um yeah <laughs> it's 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 a very dangerous situation right um when there's such a huge disparity in anything that yeah and they're that, just kids right so yeah it makes me wonder how this whole situation came about yeah so back at the ship, Tech is getting everything online, but Wrecker hasn't gotten the hyperdrive reinstalled. There's some bickering. Smash back to Benny and Omega. Benny's upset that he didn't win top earner, even after stealing the ship. Omega says they shouldn't have to compete for food. Benny says that's just how it is. Benny says he will impress Mako. Just wait. This is the, ch- the kid thing coming in. Mm-hmm. They have Stockholm. Big time. Um, so they, they can't imagine, Benny can't imagine a reality where he's not dependent on, um, Mako. Yeah. The whole, if I just work harder, he'll love me and he'll change, um, sort of thing with, uh, like abusers, um, deal with. Yeah. This is, this is a really hard episode in that sense that he is absolutely, like, like these kids only, they're just victims, right? They're just straight-up victims. And it's got a satisfying ending, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go into the central tower where the controls are. Benny opens the door with the badge he swiped. Omega contacts Hunter, saying they're in the control room. Hunter says, get the shield codes and get back to the ship. Benny's really surprised. 
It says the Bad Batch treats Omega like she's one of them. He wishes Mako would treat him that way. Benny's sort of trapped. He says he can't leave. This is his home. He, he thinks he has to stick it out with Mako. Um, their whole identity and, and social structure are built up around this competition Mako has them in against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just another strategy, right? Uh, fight each other, don't fight me. This Friday, Lisa's team is playing Bart's team! You're in direct competition! And don't go easy on each other just because you're brother and sister. I want to see you both fighting for your parents' love! Fight! 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 Omega and Benny are sort of talking, and she gives him her rations for helping. Benny is confused by this act of kindness. He eats the cracker while Omega downloads the shield codes. Um, back at the ship, well, when he's eating this cracker, he sort of glances back at the door, sort of telegraphing that he's already betrayed her. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time. So back at the ship, Tech is getting and getting close to finishing the ship. Um, Tech says, Tech says Mako is using his power to control these kids, like the Empire does, but on a smaller scale. Um, a couple of kids show up to see. A couple of kids show up and see the Bad Batch putting the ship back together. The kids take off to warn Mako, and Hunter chases them. Um, Omega and Benny are in the tower. Omega shows Benny that the mine is actually profitable. Right then, Mako shows up with his droids. Benny has betrayed the Bad Batch for favor with Mako. Omega is captured. Mako says Benny will be top earner in the future. This is... What did you call the occult behavior in the Mandalorian when Bo-Katan... Oh, uh, the love bomb? Yeah, the love bomb. This is sort of like metering out this affection. and, And they're so desperate and hungry for it. Right? And it sort of reminded me of what you had said about the love bomb about how they all, like, like praised her for being adherent to their cult rules again. Or for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, back with Hunter, he's lost the kids, but Mako and some droids show up because Benny told them where they were. Mako is just being big man on campus and threatening the Bad Batch outright. Um, the setting... For this are these sort of rope bridges or cable bridges that stretch across the mines. Um, it's a very perilous thing. They're on multiple levels and they sort of crisscross across this big pit. Um, Wrecker points his rifle at Mako. Mako says that one stray shot and the whole place will blow up. Hunter says they don't miss. Mako <laughs> says he believes them and then he shows them Omega who's roughly being dangled by a droid over the edge of one of these bridges. And if she falls, she'll fall to her death. Mako says, lower your weapons or she'll die. I believe him. Like, there's nothing that shows, that's made me doubt that he'd be willing to kill Omega in this moment. Right, I agree. He's been treating children this way. He doesn't really have any kind of heart or soul. So we cut back to Benny. He's in the office looking at the profits of the mine. 
He looks mad and then runs off. Back on the bridges, Mako says Bad Batch are trespassing and attempted to steal their ship from him. So he sentences them to ten years in the mines. The kids advance on the Bad Batch to take them to the mine. Benny shows up to confront Mako, saying he lied about the Ipsium. He's been making tons of profits and looping them out. He hands Drake the pad, and Drake is likewise upset and confronts Mako. Mako defends himself. He tells the droid to protect him from the kids and for Omega to be thrown over the edge. They sort of, Omega and the droid sort of fight. She resists him, and she exchanges sort of a hand signal with Hunter, and she pulls the droid over the edge with her. Hunter fires an ascension cable and grabs her as she falls. This is sort of a like a fun moment showing that they're really in um, sync with one another. <laughs> Mako says no one will defy him. He tries to attack, but the kids. He tries to attack the kids, but is knocked over the railing. Uh, the kids try to pull him up, but he's he does the supervillain thing and tries to like pull Benny and Drake with him, um, and then he falls into the depths of the mind. Yeah. Uh, depths of the mind, sorry. Anything here? No, it was very, um, I, I don't know, I guess just very, like once once they reached, once we, they had this the scene where it was in the standoff in on these bridges, you knew that somebody was going to fall. That you can't, um, or you, but like it can't, it's the Chekhov's gun sort of thing. It's like, you can't have like a setting like that and not have like the bad guy fall in it and or every, almost fall or and everybody just went home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this whole this whole setup oh, let's finish up because we're almost done. Um so we go back to Bad Batch and they're finishing up their ship. Benny shows up and returns their stuff, all of their stuff, right? Um, yeah, even the fleshlights. Even the fleshlights. Donkey is back with the ship. I cleaned him up real good, guys. <laughs> oh, Omega asks what's what Benny's going to do now. He says they plan on mining the Ipsium. And they all share the profits now. It's not a bad life. Um, Benny thanks Omega for starting a proletariat revolution. <laughs> Means of production, everybody. Yes. Yes, comrade. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Enemies foreign and domestic, right? <laughs> um, uh, Omega says the Empire is not the only threat to the galaxy. Mako is not unique. Tex says there are plenty of Makos out there, but there are people like them fighting back. And that's something. The end. Did you like it? It was all right. It um, it was fine. Nothing, nothing to write home about. They they made Mako two mustache twirling, tying women to the railroad tracks sort of villain. Yeah, I agree. I agree. His design was kind of cool. Um, always love seeing like, uh, like people with, um, weird cybernetics, but, um, 
yeah, he was just very yeah. Like what, what what was the name of the character from Oliver? Fagin. Fagin. He's just he's like that, or like the woman from um, Little Orphan Annie. Just very just kind of I don't know over the top a little. It's the hard knock life for us. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess they they wanted to just have this comical um, villain, but it just doesn't quite work for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I like and... I like the episode. I think it's fine. There's nothing glaringly wrong about it. It's a little bit of a diversion, um, but you need sort of this reestablishment of the team minus Echo, but still, it's it just doesn't quite... Like I said, it's it's twisting your mustache um, level of bad villain. It's it just mm-hmm. doesn't quite work. Yeah, I'd, I'd be more interested in it if we find out that like Mako killed all the all the adults. Right, right. Like, and like him, he's been lying to them or something, seeing they're off world or they all died in some sort of horrible accident, and and the kids like are indebted. I mean, are indebted to him, but they're not really indebted or something. Right. Um, so that would have been that would have been darker, but I totally agree that that would have been a worthwhile look at exactly what, like, like how they got in that situation, and um, what they thought. Sorry, what they thought they're going to, what the motivation of the children were going to be after that. If that makes sense, it's like it makes sense that. Now there's just going to be this child labor mine someplace, like in, um, was it Temple of Doom, where all the kids were mining? Yeah. It's like yeah, that. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I was actually thinking about that at the rope um, at the rope bridge. Yeah, precisely. Because, uh, yeah, because the, the movie uh, Temple of Doom, like its main conclusion, ended at a rope bridge. But, um, yeah, so this is their Temple of Doom episode, but... Um, Mako is the priest, I guess. Yeah. Molaram. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. Couldn't get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, I mean, he's got the big cybernetic claw to, like, punch through his chest and pull out the beating heart. There you go. Um, other, like I said, this, this episode's sort of a distraction. The next few episodes move us back toward the main plot of the show, I think. Even if we still have some distractions on the way um mm-hmm. but is there anything you want to talk about this episode uh no no not really it's for me it was pretty forgettable okay do you want to do the rating yeah yeah okay so um so now's the time where we do our uh, rating system how we rate episodes is uh by a Star Wars character, so a really great episode would be an original trilogy character, such as Han, Luke, Leia, Vader, Chewie, and so on. A really bad episode would be um, the Master Codebreaker. Um, what do you give this episode, Matt? It's tough, because I, I don't dislike the episode, I just don't think there's much here. And so I think I'm going to give it a Teon Maidon. Okay. Who's that? <laughs> Tion Maidon is the... I'm putting a link 
in Skype. Um, he is he's the ported minister on oh. Pow City that Obi-Wan Kenobi talks to when he goes to fight Grievous and Revenge of the Sith. Um, he's a cool-looking character. He serves a purpose, but his purpose is very small. He basically gives up where Grievous is, but it's all a trap anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, it's it's funny. It's funny you mentioned him because he's played by the actor who is in. Um, I think he was in Road Warrior and and Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, was he? <laughs> yeah. Bruce Spence. Yeah, he was the gyro captain. Holy shit, he was. He was also in Dark City. Yeah, I, b- I believe he was also um, the Mouth of Sauron. Yeah, he's listed as being in Lord of the Rings. Cool. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah and he was also the train. Uh, he was also the the train hobo guy in um, the Matrix. Wow. Um, I know. We gotta get to your rating too, but we're watching the Matrix movies with the kids right now, and they're pretty good. They hold up. Yeah, you, yeah. You might want to uh, fast forward through some of um, Reloaded. Yeah, Chrissy, we're watching it with the kids, and Chrissy's like, "Oh, I forgot about the several minutes long sex scene with all the nipples and things." <laughs> but I was like, "Whatever." <laughs> The kids are going to learn about post-apocalyptic um, sex orgies uh, sooner or later. Might as well be sooner. Yeah, if if the human race is wiped out by chat GPT, they can have as many orgies as they want. Yeah. <laughs> In a cave way, way, way below ground. <laughs> there you go. We also have that new high-def um, television, that giant television I put in the in the basement. It is very crystal clear what's going yeah. on in the cave. You can you can really you can really see the moment Neo comes. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> who's who's your character? <laughs> I ha- I had I had one, but I forgot it. Um, but it was just a. It was um, shoot, I don't know. Um, it was I don't know I'll just give it the old lady who gets her hand cut off by Riva for mouthing off it, um, it was just there um, just something um, something that was there I watched it and it's done now I've already forgotten about it just like the lady I already forgot about the character till I just happened to, to watch some of Obi-Wan the other day and I was like oh yeah I forgot that happened that poor old woman yeah and her husband yeah yeah, maybe not mouth off to uh, somebody who's super angry and has a lightsaber. I mean, it's just me. Yeah. Good advice. Good advice everyone can live by. I'm not going to look up what character that old woman played in um, Mad Max, but I assume she was somebody. No. Um, no, I'm talking about in Obi-Wan. Yeah, I know. I'm saying... Oh, was she... Was she... <laughs> Oh, well, what part she played in Mad Max? <laughs> screw you! <laughs> I just, I just happen to know that. I, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. 
it's really impressive that you that you knew that. <laughs> I mean that. Like I had no idea. Yeah, science stuff. I know random stuff about um, Mad Max. Did you finish your tiki drink? No, there's still some left. Yeah, almost done with the Boba Fett one. Right, metamorphosis. Okay. All right, so uh, we will be back uh, next week where we'll discuss uh, episode 11, Metamorphosis, where a popular character from Clone Wars makes its appearance, or reappearance. Um, So um, we would like to uh, thank all of our uh, subscribers for listening. Um, Thanks for downloading. We're glad anyone's listening. Um, If you can, give us a uh, high rating on the podcast aggregator of your choice. And um, tell a friend about us that uh, there's two uh, knuckleheads that talk too much about uh, Star Wars and other uh, nerdy stuff. And if you think we suck, well, why don't you play a prank on your brother-in-law that you hate and uh, highly recommend us. So at least you can waste his time. All right, so we'll be back again with the next episode of Bad Batch. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Da 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 da